0: I'm. I know very little about you. We have awkwardly <laughs> stared at each other for the last eight minutes. It's everything about the concept is what we don't do anymore. We don't just have conversations with people where there's not an agenda. Right? It's like meeting a stranger in a parking lot or something, and then like, hey, you want to have coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh, so how you, how you doing? How's you doing? <laughs> exactly. Well, we are live here. With coffee with humans with my soon-to-be-new friend, Christina. She's still actually a stranger. I only met her about eight minutes ago. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans. Two people just bumping into each other randomly and saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Before we got on the broadcast, I was thinking, if we could have this discussion anywhere, where would that be? And I came up with we, we could be sitting in Iceland in a hot spring. Lovely. So if you could have this discussion anywhere, where would it be for you? Love this question. I'm stumped right now. I'm not really a uh, beach person in terms of getting in with the aquatic life, but I do like to be near it and feel the breeze from it. Okay. And so, anywhere by a beach, what drew you to clicking the button to have coffee with me? I was searching, and I found this one, and it grabbed me, it pulled me in, and it just seemed your podcast and Coffee with Humans seemed very welcoming, that you were really eager and enjoyed just making meaningful connections. Coffee with Humans is like Sunday brunch. <laughs> I love Sunday brunch. <laughs> okay, good. Because, <laughs> well, you're in the right place. Only Perfect. there's no food. Um <laughs> it's true coffee with humans is like sunday brunch so different <laughs> and i'm here with my new friend at sunday brunch uh with john ball john welcome to coffee with humans hey thanks jason it's really good, really good to be joining you today i want to get the uh elephant in the room out i'm gonna get my elephant sprayed your accent says to me you're not in chicago near me
1: yeah the, gave it away yeah um, no, I'm not in Chicago, although I'm sure there are English people who, who live in Chicago, right?
0: You know what? There probably are. I don't know. I I know one English guy, good friend of mine, uh, lives not too far from me. And he lived in he grew up in England and then moved to uh, Italy. I'm going to get the detail on this completely wrong. <laughs> he lived there for nine years and then he yeah. and then he uh, came back. to the, He came to the States because he married. He married a a girl from the U.S. Well, there you go. No, I I do
1: not live in England, but uh, I I actually live in Valencia in Spain. But uh, I
0: am from there. And for at least the first 40 years of my life, that's where I lived. Wow. Valencia. Uh, I don't know. I know know very little bit about Spain, but I do know the word Valencia. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a beautiful place. It really is. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. And uh, it's famous for oranges valencia oranges yes that makes sense <laughs> so wh- oranges th- a big big orange groves and that type of stuff
1: yeah oh gosh yeah um there, there are oranges everywhere in fact uh up and down many
0: of the main streets here there are orange trees just about everywhere you look really yeah oh that's kind of cool that's kind of nice. like florida we've got like orange groves and that type of stuff down there and i and once in a while yeah, you know, I uh, once in a while when it gets super cold outside, they'll talk about how you know the orange crop has been destroyed or whatever because you know early frost or something like that. Does that kind of stuff happen?
1: Uh, Not mostly? so much. It doesn't get quite that cold here. Mm. So it's it's cold, but we don't really see much frost, uh, and we certainly don't see very much snow.
0: Um, it's, it's it's rare. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I've never been to Spain. I've flown, kind of. No, I don't know. I've been to I've been to Italy. I've been to um, Albania, but never never to Spain. It, I can highly recommend it. And uh, Valencia is the
1: third largest city in Spain, but it's it's significantly smaller than Barcelona and Madrid. And so, as a city, like I I had never lived in a city before coming here. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a sort of town boy and uh, a bit more rural. And so it's it can be a bit of a culture shock moving to live in a city. And yet, uh, this isn't the busiest city, thankfully. It's, uh, it's fairly manageable, uh, but it has everything that a city has. So, mm. in that regard, it's very nice. It's a nice mix for me.
0: Busy, but not too busy. Yeah. So, what brought you to living in, in Valencia?
1: Well, uh, I, I spent really a lot of years um, traveling around the world, but I okay. hadn't ever lived in another country. So, about eight years ago, I made the decision once when my work became fully transportable and remote, thanks to the joys of the internet, I, I just made the decision that I could actually try living in another country and see how it goes. So, I came to Spain and about, i say about three years ago, maybe a bit more now, but about three years ago, I think I made the decision to come and live in, Valencia, uh, but that was the move to Valencia was for love, not for uh, business. Although it has been beneficial for both,
0: not the love of business,
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, not 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 the only reason, but w- certainly one of the reasons. It has it has been uh, very beneficial for me professionally to to move here as well because uh, there's a lot of a lot more business happening here than where I was living before.
0: Okay. Cause you're in the rural kind of a rural community.
1: Yeah. I, I was in a sort of coastal, um, more, more of a tourist area, uh, which was very beautiful. And, uh, and, and I still have family who lived there, but, uh, this is, uh, yeah, a lot more going on professionally meetup <laughs> groups and all that kind
0: of thing. Through. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, professionally in Spain and then also remote, mm-hmm. it sounds like was your kind of thing. Are you a techie?
1: No, no, I'm I'm a coach, so I do professional coaching, and so I mostly for for the last ten years I've been doing coaching to a to a US company. They they send me clients, I coach them, I, and I do online trainings and group coaching and one to one coaching with people from all around the world. So that's oh. been very good and my my own work really is much more in the world of public speaking and uh, influence and persuasion training and so that's what i do um for myself
0: okay influence persuasion so when you so 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 uh the form that people fill out sometimes to to uh uh be on coffee with humans and it's totally open i've never rejected anybody uh, we'll see if I should have rejected you. That's I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, and I'm gone. I'm not good uh, with rejection, but you know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. As, as, a, as a public speaker, I don't know. I've 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 felt reject. I've done some pe- speaking too, and once in a while you're standing up front, of people are like, I don't know how this is going. Uh, I don't think public
1: speakers suffer from rejection nearly as much as stand up comics. If you you want to, you want to be able to deal with rejection and be resilient to it. Stand up comedy is the way to go.
0: Wouldn't that be terrible to just be standing up there, just the whole sets bombing. For whatever reason. happens,
1: you know. In my in my podcast, I've been speaking to a lot of professional comedians, and, and yeah. this is one of the things like sometimes talk about with them: uh, how do you deal with that? Because I think it's as, as a speaker, it's not such a such a big deal, and you can sort of get away with it, and no one's really going to say anything that much. They they just might not bring you back again. But as a comedian, you might get people <laughs> yelling from the crowd or all sorts of negative responses, and and it. Yeah. It must, it must sting. It must, it must really be, be painful.
0: Sometimes there was a guy from, uh, he has a he had a Netflix, he has a Netflix special. I want to say he's from Canada and he was doing that crowd. I don't, I don't, I don't do a lot. Of, I don't go to like comedy clubs and stuff. First of all, there's none that I'd have to travel an hour and a half to find a comedy club. And right. that just doesn't seem worth it to me. But the, there was this guy from Canada watching him on Netflix and apparently there's this type of comedy where you just like riff off the audience. And so he'd go around he'd go, he'd find a table and he'd like start talking to them and get like, learn all about that group. And then he'd go up to another table and he'd learn all about them. And then he was just like, like putting things together in his mind, just playing off of people. And maybe he's got a whole set that he's running, just kind of like a mad lib, you know, like filling in, I don't know, but uh super, super interesting way. I think of just drawing in the audience. And then he, and then he, he ended up hitting a table of cops (laughs) retired retired female cops Mm -hmm. and and on the special you can almost see where where he starts asking oh and you're a cop and then all of a sudden it it abruptly it feels like it abruptly ends (laughs) because she was just like yes i am (laughs) <laughs> and it was just like, Ooh, "You're not happy about this set." Yeah, we not joke about that. <laughs> and then it's like, jumped to somebody else. And I, I, I was hoping to see like what happened, what happened in the cut we didn't see, where he got <laughs> shut down by a bunch of retired female cops. You probably have
1: to buy the DVD or
0: something for that to get the extras. <laughs> So public speaking, persuasion, one of the things you wrote down in your thing was the the dark side of persuasion, which is Mm -hmm. intriguing to me. And I (laughs) like, why does he even the person? The first thing I thought was like, what? (laughs) What's What's he talking about? The dark side of persuasion. What do you mean the dark side of persuasion? It sounds very juicy, right? But um It totally think, does. That's <laughs> I, what you were doing. You were playing
1: me. You were like, I'm a clickbait. Just, click just clickbait. That's all it was. Uh, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Um it it's really to do with um you know i think a lot of people are, are encouraged and I, and I have this experience in my own life where, where we get encouraged to believe things that aren't necessarily true okay. and there are lots of um. ways of getting people to believe things and many of them are intentionally employed in certain situations to lead opinion or to get you to believe things mm-hmm. and very often it's the the things that we, because we don't always know it's happening, we're at the mercy of it to some degree. We can end up being influenced and, and persuaded uh, to believe things, to sometimes even to do things that are against our, our better, what should be our better judgment and, and against really our benefit because we've been convinced to do so. And so understanding the ways that influence and persuasion can work is like the tools of persuasion or as uh, famous Robert Cialdini calls them, Dr. Robert Cialdini calls them, the weapons of persuasion. Um, they're just tools. They're, they can be used for, for good or for bad, but many people know them and use them to, just to get their own way or to get sales or to, uh, to make money or to con people. And so, really, the, that to me is the, the dark side of, uh, of persuasion.
0: So, yesterday, I had a guy on uh, who's a hypnotist. And I admit, I enjoy the concept of hypnotism because I feel like hypnotism is using the mind, the, the strengths of the mind uh, for uh, to, well, I, hopefully for a hypnotist, um, and certainly for this gentleman uh, in this idea of like hypnotherapy, they're using the tools of the mind to get the mind to to work, work through concepts that it otherwise was unable to work through. Uh, and so it's kind of a like more efficient way of getting, you know, getting change, uh, you know, yeah. profound change in a person. And persuasion is kind of it seems the same. There, there are ways to influence people just because that's the way we're wired. And the vast majority of us respond uh, in in those situations. And whether you're using it to sell uh, televisions, you know, <laughs> or whether you're using it to, um, you know, for love. Uh, yeah, or to get elected or to bring someone into your religious cult or something yeah <laughs> I suppose yes Oh, to get elected you're following the US that's fine <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a real shit show going on here it's fun
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I, I might have seen one or two things
0: about that yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a Facebook user uh, listening to us uh, awesome she likes okay. the idea of persuasion yeah mm. uh, <laughs> So so the dark side of persuasion uh, and the, is what persuasion is kind of like um, it's like mental kung fu, It's like you're using your powers, use, using their energy against against or for them, you know, depending on what, what do you want to do to move them to a, move yeah. them to do something, move people to do something that you would want them to do. Yeah. A lot of it is a lot of it is about taking
1: people to a place that is away from reasoning and critical thinking to uh, to purely emotional decision making and uh, and action.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Why do you like this? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, that's a, a tough one um because i've, I've i have actually answered this question but you know that i think there's more to it than that than i often say um i think one of the reasons why i like this is because i feel like uh i was misled about so many things growing up and okay. and um, led to believe things that under investigation or when I really stopped and thought about them, not really so sure about, or at least questioning, if not actually deciding that's not really true anymore. And I ended up coming across this book uh, that started talking about um, influence uh, and persuasion and how it's used in marketing particularly. And it was it was a real eye opener to just see all these methodologies of persuasion uh, and getting people to, to go and think a certain way that thinking about it in life yeah I can see that that I can see where that has been used like I know those things have, have happened to me and so, sometimes it has been beneficial for you know, it has been worked out fine for me sometimes it probably hasn't been so much and but knowing knowing what actually is going on there I think is quite empowering and that's one of the reasons why I, I'm I got very excited about it It became a bit of a passion area for me that I just wanted to learn as much as I as much as I could about about it. It's, you know, like mean, Harry Potter, they go and learn defense against the dark arts. That, that's yeah. kind of what I, I think it, of it as.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's one of, I think it's an important topic <clears throat> and and I, and I believe that people can learn these tools. Um, some of it is delivery and some of it's personality and, you know, just like a comedian, not everybody's oh, yeah. funny because they just can't, they can't get the delivery. Uh, however, the tools of persuasion, how people are influenced, I think is important uh, not only as a defense, like you talk about, uh, against things like, you know, why do I want to buy that stuff? You know, I didn't need that, you know, hose that automatically like expands, expand hose. I didn't need it, you know, 30 minutes ago. And then this infomercial played and it's like, now I need five of them for all my friends and family. <laughs> you know, it's their influence is used in those circumstances and, and understanding how we're influenced and persuaded we can defend against those, but also i i under that same example. We can have a, we can have a product that nobody needs, does not make life remarkably better. <laughs> and, but it's very well communicated and people will buy it. Right. Likewise, you can take a great concept or a great, uh, something that will revolutionize people's lives and poorly communicate it. And no one will buy it. Yeah. And really it all comes to, uh, it does really all come down to that, that, uh, the idea of communication and how can you communicate your concepts better so as to be able to influence a, a wider, you know, wider audience or the people that you're intending to influence. It, it's a uh, it's a
1: fascinating area and you know I, i'm a, a bit of a nerdy type but it's not not because i wear glasses it's just uh, just the way i am and uh, uh, i i like i like science and i particularly like neuroscience I, I find it very interesting i am not a scientist though i'm very much a lay person i just find it an interesting area to read about and uh, w- one of the things that uh, i have found very interesting is some of the research and experimentation that's been done on decision making and um people's ability to make decisions and w- one particular area and i'm going to forget exactly where it com- comes from now but it, because it's very hard to find people who have a uh, uh, sort of very specific uh, type of brain damage that just damages their um their emotional uh, part of their brain mm-hmm. but in, in those cases where that has been found and they've been able to study people who have damage to the emotional center of the brain um it, they find that generally people can lead pretty normal lives even with damage to that part um until it comes time to make a decision about something. Uh, because it turns out that probably most most, although not all of our decision making is emotional, a big part of it is. And so we we like to think of ourselves as being very rational beings, but so many of the choices and decisions we make uh, are pretty much based on more on emotion probably and feeling than than perhaps on rational choice. Yeah.
0: Well, they talk about that every very broadly is it is talked about that that, uh, you know, every buying decision is an emotional decision. And I think the I've come to find that that's pretty true, but also the it's it's the reasoning underneath the that decision facade that really is driving the decision. So, you know, why do you want the more expensive television? Uh, Oh, it's because my buddy has, you know, the more expensive television or, you know, the person I really respected and I want to be like said, I need to have that television rather Mm -hmm. than this, you know, cheapo, you know, cheapo, nothing.
1: What's the the last
0: thing you ever bought that you didn't really need? (laughs) Right. Well, so, so that's a good question. You know what? We should follow that question because it's because underneath of it, right, is is something that's like, why did I do that? So let's see here. What is the last? What is the last thing I bought that I didn't really need? Oh, there's so many things I buy that I don't actually need. Um, oh, I have a copious number of plants. Uh-huh. I have an unhealthy number of plants, probably. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the plants. They're currently sitting in my dining room because, uh, because it's winter here and they will die outside.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And so I I think. uh, Here's, here's my plants. Uh, That's, Ah, that's my plant rack. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot of plants. Yeah. Well, I have so many plants that when you bring them in inside, there's not enough light for them. And so I had to buy a rack to put them on and then a series of LEDs. And it's all very inexpensive. It's not like it cost me too ton of money. A series of LEDs on each level so that I get, you know, adequate, <laughs> adequate light. That's it's, I would say it's probably some sort of plant purchase that I, that I bought mm. that I really didn't need.
1: Does it bring you joy to have all those plants?
0: Well, it does. It brings me joy, but I think so under the surface, (laughs) I've been thinking about this because sometimes (laughs) because I had had a bunch of plants outside and I was like, I'm beautifying the area, beautifying the deck and whatnot. And it's true. It looked really good. Um, I did not process where they're going to go in the winter. I knew I'm going to have to put them inside in the winter. I'll I'll figure it out. But I would get roped into watering, like going around inspecting the plants and figuring out each plant. And for me, that's a symptom of the rest of my life is too complicated. Find something that's simple that I can just check the box and be happy. And it was something that's living and happy, which is better than checking the box and something that's not living and happy to me. Mm -hmm. So it filled it. It filled it. It filled the need to have a simple life.
1: Hmm. Has there been anything
0: that you bought that you then bought and didn't even use? Oof! You know what? I've trained myself pretty good to not do that. Um, it's been a long time. I stopped watching commercials a long time ago, <laughs> which helps, yeah. right? Yeah, I think and it probably I does. Don't go to store as much. I, mm-hmm. I s- started shopping online. I felt that I found that that takes, that keeps me away from, uh, you know, impulse buys because I am just scrolling through the thing and chocolate bars never look as good on a screen as they do in person. Um, that's a good question. What did I, what have I bought recently? I don't know.
1: <laughs> so my, my, my advice in that sort of thing is buying like online courses and programs. It's like, I'll do some of them, but uh, I, I certainly have got some that I, I've never even started. You know, But it was on sale or something, or it just seemed like something
0: I needed or wanted to know about. I got a gift. So I had some shoes that went bad. No, they didn't go bad. The tag fell off. <laughs> Which it doesn't... <laughs> That's silly. That's dumb. That's that's a symptom of that's a symptom of American
1: we'll we all do it uh, but I, I think uh, it's, sometimes it's just un- understanding those reasons to do it and even if we don't maybe at least just stopping to ask the question because uh, I, I think one you know, I, I've been asked many times like how do you how do you really c- counter it what's something without having to learn all about inference and persuasion how do you actually counter this stuff or or uh, stop yourself being persuaded uh, and really probably one of the simplest ways to to at least give yourself a fighting chance against it is a bit of conscious awareness Yep. And creating, creating those opportunities in your life just to step back and ask yourself, do I, do I really want this? Do I, do I actually need it? Am, am I really going to use it? Why am I buying this? <laughs> what, yeah. what Why do I believe this person who's telling me I I, I should believe this thing? Um, are they, are they even right? How do I know they're right? You know, we, we just don't. So often we just get so used to, like, we, we either go with somebody's, uh, somebody's, somebody's influence, like the, the influence is like the, what you already have, like it could be influence of authority, influence of charisma or personality, but you know, it's an influence where you're less likely to question things that people say because it comes from a particular source and and you're more likely to believe it just because of the source rather than because of what it, what is actually being said. It's a danger zone. It's a danger zone because you you really are leaving um, the truth that at some in the, your your truth and what you believe in the hands of someone else.
0: Yeah, well, it happens all the time in in the U.S. recently, just because the, the news uh, and the the news cycle just needs stuff to talk about, and and it's happening around the world too. We've got we've got coronavirus, which is running off the rails, and then we've got you know, we've got our election, which the never, it's the election that never ends, which which, it's a terrible song to sing, but
1: I I think Joe Biden has won like at least 60 or 70 times now
0: already. Who knows? It's impossible to know. Uh, And, and like you talk about there, there are these, uh, there are these drivers, right. That keep even us wanting we say we don't want to hear about this, but we do. We really do, and then we might, you know, want to pontificate about it as well. Even though so much of this stuff is, you know, we don't actually know what's going on in a lot of these things. Um, yeah, but I, we're, I find we're it very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I used to I used to be um, a flight attendant before I got into doing all this stuff, and um, when in those days, I, I used to come to the US a lot, and I still love I still love visiting the US, you know. Just uh, just towards the end of uh, 2019, it was in uh, it was in New York. Uh, had the crazy idea that it would be fun to do the black friday sales in new york uh, which was not which was actually not such a good idea and uh and not so fantastic i, I would uh, not make that decision again let's just say but uh, but i, I love going there but one thing i do i do find interesting is is the news channels there and the and, and the news cycle because it's quite different to a lot of what i see uh from what i know in, in european countries and many other countries because so much of it is just opinion it's not even news it's just people talking about their opinions and what they think about things oh, yeah. and and it's not actually even delivering news but even even in like the, the UK and Europe it's still everything is just sensationalized it's all hyperbolic and it's all designed to to keep you hooked in and and watching more of it and that's why i i really very rarely very rarely watch the news. I try to get limited news from uh, independent channels as much as possible uh, and not be too hooked into it. But even then, sometimes you can't help it like with everything that's been going on um, since, since the elections over there, it's been hard not to watch that for well, the chaos in the UK at the moment. is kind of hard not to watch that. So uh, yeah, you get pulled
0: in. Yeah. It's like the, the uh, sports. I don't watch a lot of sports, um, but you know, you watch a football game, and then after the football game, there's hours, hours and, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours about talking about a football game that's already occurred. And I love the I love, I love the questions. It's like, well, what do you think you could have done better? It's like, <laughs> what? We could have played better. Yeah. I've never been been into that. So
1: I don't have that experience. Um, I do. I do know a lot of, I do know a lot of football fans and um, and I know they love, love talking about their team. They, because they feel a part of it, and I, so you, you have those conversations because because it's important to you. I, I can't relate to it very well because I don't. There's nothing that I quite feel that that I'm that much a part of in in sporting life or anything similar.
0: <laughs> I agree, me neither. But I, it's it's a good social activity, and I like I like uh, hanging around with people, um, people who I like. But yeah, from on my own, there's nothing that draws me into that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Hey, do you, uh, do you play games?
1: Um, I do. I, I love, I love games. Do you,
0: are you good drawing? Are you a good drawing person? Uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of a stick figure drawing kind oh, of person. Excellent. This is going to go well. So I have a game for us to play. And that's why I asked <laughs> you if you had a piece of paper and a pen.
1: It's ready. Uh, it's here. Woo-hoo.
0: Well, um, we're going to play a game. We're going to play, hold on. I'm going to present it on this other screen and then I'm going to share that screen. And we're going to play the game. watch my draw. It. <laughs> okay. here's, how this game, here's how this game's going to go. super, super interesting and fun. Uh, the game's going to go like this there's going to be a card. this is not our card, but this is going to be an example card. Draw a frog sitting in a canoe headed to for a waterfall you'll have one minute to draw that. <clears throat> because what I'll do is I'll say that thing and then I'll start the timer we're going to have minutes to draw that and then we're going to have to show the listeners uh, and viewers we'll show our screens what we drew and then after three of them we'll figure out who won and like like Sunday brunch no one wins anything um, but it's nice, nice to be here <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, look, uh, It's not it's not the winning that matters
0: but yeah, I wait. Not. Well, Exactly <laughs> right. It doesn't matter, except for my own pride. Um, okay, so are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Here's our first one. Draw a special phone that can call, or that can only call superheroes. Draw a special phone that can only call superheroes. We have one minute. Okay. I need to get background music or something. How do you even? What does this even mean? I don't understand oh <laughs> um, uh, shoot special. I'm going to fail this oh man I'm going to old school too going to a uh, oh I'm going to do a rotary phone people don't even know what a rotary phone is anymore I bet <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking like a bat phone or something, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. We had a bat phone in my house. It was red even. It was not rotary, though. Oh, no, that looks like a cat, not a phone. (laughs) Ten seconds. (sighs) Oh, you've inspired me. (laughs) One second. Oh, no. Oh, shoot. I think this is a big fail. <laughs> All right, so draw a special phone that can only call superheroes yeah what you get. So
1: it's it's a bit it's a bit crap really, but um but here you go, if you can see that. It's my special iPhone that can call Superman, Wonder Woman, Bat oh, Signal, Spider Man, gonna be
0: Spider Man. Yeah. It's like it's like speed dials. Yeah, exactly that. Oh, I love the process of how people think. All right. Here's my, my stressful phone that can only call superheroes. It only has two. My thought was it only has one place it can call and that's, that's Batman. Yeah.
1: But and you then, also have to be in the specific place. You have to be in like commissioner Gordon's office to, to use it. <laughs>
0: exactly. exactly. And there's, and you can see clearly now that there's nobody else on the other line because they're out, Fighting is it
1: the, could be the Invisible Man or the Flash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's you, man. You're quick wit, quick witted here. That's true. I was like, oh no, there's nobody
1: there. <laughs> it's, only, it's only what you think. Is like, well, what superpowers could do that? Yeah,
0: the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is good. All right, I'm a bit, of a, I'm a bit of a superhero fan as well. So. Are you really? Okay, so oh, that's, yeah, so you have an advantage on that one.
1: Although I have to say, well, I don't know if this is place to say, but I went to see the Wonder Woman film at the weekend, yeah. the, the new one, and uh-huh. I, I, I kind of love Wonder Woman. Like Linda Carter for years, it's like, I loved that show. I still, still think she's amazing, and, and I liked the first film. I thought it was kind of fun, uh, but this one was really bad. <laughs> oh no it was like okay wonder woman 1984 or something like that is that yeah yeah it's like uh yeah it was was possibly one of the worst films i've seen in a long time
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i so wanted to like it now people gotta go see it because they're like is he right
1: yeah you could maybe go and
0: see it just to see how bad it is fair enough (laughs) all right next one ready
1: yeah,
0: there are three of these okay because we can't have a tie we can't end up in a tie yeah oh we should we'll have to figure out who won that one too um sometimes our viewers and listeners will will, will step in and comment on who won that one uh all right <clears throat> next one draw a person with super long legs super short arms and a super big mouth draw a person with super long legs super short arms and a super big mouth and your time starts now Okay. From certain long legs. Oh, boy. It's not quite how I envisioned it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. I can't envision. Okay. I can't draw what I. Why is he? Why? Oh, no. Why has he got that kind of hat? Oh, nine seconds. Oh, OK. Uh, this is not going well. Noses are hard to draw. I can tell you that. And we're done. Your time is up pens down <laughs> <laughs> all right i made you go first last time i'll go first this time okay uh person with super long legs super short arms and super big mouth here's mine oh that's a bit scary i don't know what happened to the teeth <laughs> or like the, the <laughs> <laughs> something and i don't know why he's got a top hat that makes no sense at all <laughs> I don't know. That's Frosty the Snow Monster or something. I don't know. Something happened. I had this different vision in my head and then my arm got all messed up. All right. What do you got here? First with super long legs, super short arms, and super big mouth.
1: Can you see? <laughs> so the, the mouth is actually bigger than the whole face. I thought that was important. <laughs> I but, think also, that- but also... Um, This person's purse is on the floor and and their arms are too small to to actually be able to. He's got no knees. And no knees. That doesn't help either. So there's really no way of retrieving the the purse. Oh, no. So So I created a dilemma as well. I I, I over delivered, I think.
0: (laughs) Did you purposefully put a tiny purse on the floor? Yeah you're a jerk (laughs) (laughs) i know
1: she may never forgive me
0: oh my god
1: that's funny she's going for for surgery later to get some (laughs) knees knees installed
0: (laughs) (laughs) to have some knee knee additions that's the typical surgery (laughs) people are like what do you want larger knees there is there is a leg lengthening surgery that's, that's a bit scary i suppose yeah for people that's whose legs aren't bit. long yeah. enough yeah i don't think they install knees for people who don't have knees probably not we should get a doctor on here at some point in time and say i think me. yeah
1: i think getting kneecapped
0: is, is something entirely different <laughs> <laughs> i yep i think that's true i think i've seen that, <laughs> seen that in the news it's been a long time <laughs> all right Here we go. (laughs) Uh, Draw a planet where people walk upside down. Draw a planet where people walk upside down. Okay. You have one minute. Mm. How is that even possible? Mm. Maybe it's spinning too fast. Draw a planet where people walk upside down. Oh, no. A planet where people walk upside down. I don't know why saying it more helps me think that I might be able to draw it better.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like instructing your brain. Maybe. Maybe.
0: Optimism? <laughs> Hope? Hope isn't a strategy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> three two one oh okay all right it's over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drop that people walk upside down oh boy oh well, I, I went last to time. This time you line. gotta go first yeah. yep. so
1: here, here it is uh can you see that <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're living uh, under the surface of the planet you did that.
0: I, did I was that. thinking about
1: doing that. That's smart. And uh, and so I guess gravity is working in reverse there. And so they they have to walk on what we would consider the roof of the inside of the planet. But uh,
0: how did you keep them from burning up if they're walking on the inside of the planet? That's why I couldn't get by. I couldn't get past that thought oh
1: from from the core of the planet well it's yeah. it's i'm going to go with the sort of hollow earth conspiracy here and uh, say on this particular on this oh, particular no. planet uh, which which is actually flat because if i turn it that way it's it's a flat earth so it's flat, oh God, and it hollow. A flat. it's a two and dimensional <laughs> it's a two it's dimensional it's universe it's you drew. it's a two dimensional planet and universe
0: and uh, and all so all they said was a planet you didn't have to draw a whole two dimensional Universe, you're an Uh, achiever.
1: I I definitely am. Uh, The laws of physics do not quite apply in this universe.
0: All right, all right, that's fine. (laughs) Here's mine. Wow, that's uncanny, huh? It is uncannily uh, kind of like yours. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see yours again here. Let's see if we can get yours. I'm going to remove this. Boop. But you went with the whole, you went all the way to the inside flat yeah. earth hollow earth a two-dimensional <laughs> universe even yeah that was fun speaking of conspiracies what's the silliest conspiracy you've heard of
1: oh uh, other than flat earth
0: you didn't ask if i thought it was silly
1: i i didn't uh do you do you believe that the earth is flat no no there some, some parts of it are <laughs> <laughs> Some parts of it are, but no, um, <laughs> silliest conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah. There's probably some I haven't heard of, but I think that probably is, uh, to me, one of the one of the silliest ones. Um, but you know, I've I've, I've heard a few. And um, ones that oh yeah the the one that makes me laugh maybe the most and probably people may believe in this is that we're that there are sort of lizard people running the world and uh, all this kind of thing they're secretly lizards and uh, yeah from from another dimension really That's kind of ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so in terms of persuasion and you're wrapping wrapping this into uh, persuasion and and. Uh, and think about how people are influenced. Mm-hmm. What are what are your thoughts on how people are influenced into conspiracy theories? Mm, I People tend to get hooked into to
1: something for, for whatever reason, and, and so somebody may present some evidence that seems kind of compelling, um, but may not actually be accurate, it, but it may just be emotionally or compelling to someone who doesn't have a particular level of, of scientific knowledge. Like you know, some people believe that the earth is like 6,000 years old instead of billions of years old, um, all the evidence says otherwise, but you know, there are people who claim to have some kind of evidence that it's, that it's otherwise. If you're compelled by the evidence, even at to some point, even when you're um, confronted sometimes then with... Reality with uh, with un- incontrovertible evidence, you may still double down on what you've been told, especially if you've become part of a community or a group that believes that and shares that, because that group is then all about sort of strengthening those beliefs. And so, anything that comes in that you sort of your critical mind starts going, "Oh, that might be true." It's like, no, nah, no, nah. the klaxons go off inside your head. Push that out. That conflicts with what we believe. The cognitive dissonance inside the mind. Doesn't cope with it, and you double down in, in, instead of uh, in, instead of taking in the new information. You double down on the old information because the the cost of giving that up is you know, the shame of being wrong, um, of believing something ridiculous, or that, that everyone you know might be wrong. You know, there's a, a lot to be said for the for the power of the of the group uh, mm-hmm. and of the the mob mentality and and, the authority of the group as well. I'm like, well, if so many people believe it, it must be true. There's all these logical fallacies at play and confirmation bias that we're all subject to, but we don't always want to stop and question ourselves to it's you know if you if you start to believe that stuff and especially the way social media is nowadays you're more likely to get recommended to other stuff that is very similar and and probably reinforces a lot of it as well so um you know the the really the only way to counter it is to have an open mind and and understand that you may not be right about anything or what you think is right right now may not be right and be willing to admit that you may
0: be wrong yeah that's a yeah that's that's pretty powerful because the there are, a, I think, a handful of things at play there. There's that, that idea of groupthink. And groupthink is is a, I think, necessary uh, necessary ability for people because if if you do need to make a decision and you do need to, to just get people going in the same direction, it's really helpful when they will agree uh, and have that tendency to agree. Uh, however, it can get out of control when the when the the that power of that group overrides the power of the individuals of the individual thinking so much so that a lot of organizations now uh, actually have a person in a group who becomes the dissenter they play the role of the dissenter what if we're all wrong what if none of this is true because that tendency to to go along with the group can can it's insidious it 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 becomes a monster in, in and of itself. And pretty soon you got the whole organization believing in something that's completely false. And, uh, you, you end up destroying sometimes good things. Kodak actually is one of those examples. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Kodak used to be the, the there's probably a whole generation of people who have no idea who Kodak is. <laughs> 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 like Kodak is that, is that like a pharmaceutical? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not even Man. a it's not even a breakfast cereal. But the but they were one of the latest. one of the examples of Kodak you know, is they they actually had um, uh, they missed the they missed the boat on on uh, uh, digital photography. Yeah. Uh, and Polaroid did as well. Polaroid actually one of the Polaroid actually had a sensor, a digital sensor that was better His head and shoulders, but everybody else's digital sensor about almost a decade before everybody else. All
1: right.
0: And they just failed to move on the idea that the, you know, the, that the, uh, the world was going to change and we had to change with it because, you know, it undermined, it undermined a major part of their core, you know, their core business. Um, and so without, uh, the, the, the engineers and salespeople got into these discussions uh and they were told internally even hey though this is going to change we got we got to change with it people like no we're not going to change that because there's no compensation structures for it and all sorts of stuff and the whole, whole the organization tripped all over itself and now you know polaroid is gone basically yeah. you know i bought my i bought my daughter a little a tiny little polaroid camera almost as a it's like a throwback you know <laughs> yeah because it's cool it's like a cool factor now but yeah instant cameras are a thing again now right and right. lots of people oh yeah yeah totally and they're they're cool i mean they're neat right mm. it's because there is something i think also um there is something about holding you know we're almost out of time here but there's something about holding some something physical right it's it's more Yeah, of it's kind of
1: nice you, you like, instantly capture the moment and it's not just on your phone you actually got yeah. something that's not going to get deleted but uh, can stick on your fridge or whatever
0: yeah remember when we used to have to uh, take all 24 pictures and then we'd have to <laughs> send it away for a week
1: <laughs> yeah a and then go back and someone else's holiday photos or uh, um, hidden bedroom escapades or something like by mistake yeah
0: yeah and then you, and, and then you'd you forget i maybe you weren't this way but i'd forget a role and i'd come across this random role someplace to be like i don't even know if it's still good how long does film last and then you get it developed it's like mm. I go, oh that was useless i'm glad i paid five bucks or whatever it was to, to get those 24 pieces of paper back
1: <laughs> yeah i I remember, I remember all that but it's it's, uh, it's its a testament to uh being willing to to keep up being willing to keep up with things and uh, and keep on top of uh of where things are going which which we kind of all need to do is it's kind of going going with the flow you know i i, I had to let go of my mini disc player for, for exactly that reason
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> who makes mini discs anymore Maybe. people don't even that was a brief moment it's like it was like the laser disc so so he gave this like gigantic highly technological record <laughs> like there are videos it's like that's a moment in time people relax uh well john this has been great thanks for joining me on coffee with humans how do people get a hold of you if they want to talk about persuasion or uh follow up with you LinkedIn is one of the best places to
1: get hold of me and uh, my website presentinfluence.com Also you can contact me there, but uh, LinkedIn definitely a good place to get hold of me. I'll put up a screen presentinfluence.com. Yeah. And uh, John Alexander ball on LinkedIn. You'll find me
0: there. John Alexander ball. That's a great name. (laughs) So it feels very, uh, it feels very important.
1: Yeah, it is to me
0: anyway thank you mr quick wit
1: it's how I, it's how i find my coat when i leave the club
0: useful in so many ways it is. all right john thank thanks you. for joining me our viewers and listeners thanks for joining us on coffee with humans we'll check, catch you next time One of the things I love about coffee with humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on coffee with humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. CoffeeWithHumans.com